0: Welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. Charlie, today we have a guy who is flat out a winner. When you look at his career and he's won championships, he's won individual trophies, he's he's pretty much done it all. He's uh, really, yeah. really, really, really. And, and from what you tell me, one of the best senses of humor oh, that yeah, the yeah. Admirals have ever had.
1: The fu- one of the funniest guys you'll ever, I think you'll ever meet but you don't know it right away. He's not uh, not like a big, you know, the big vibrant personality in your face. so yeah. in your face, right? The jokes come a, are a lot more subtle, a lot more dry. And once you realize that he's not about to kill you, then they're pretty freaking hilarious.
0: <laughs> he is Eddie Shore winner, Stanley Cup champion, Calder Cup champion, Andrew Hutchinson. Uh, Andrew Hutchinson, great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm
2: doing great. Uh, excited to chat about the old days here for the next uh, little bit.
0: I was looking at uh, Elite Prospects, which is a phenomenal website, and it, you can pare down teammates and, and connections. And it said you had 682 teammates in your career. And that goes back to junior days, pre pre-college days. But one stood out to me that you played nine teams with Adam Hall, and I'm wondering if you've ever been able to shake Adam Hall, because that, that's a long time.
2: Nope, we're uh, we're still friends. He's living down in Tampa these days. I'm in, I'm still in Michigan. And uh, we talk over the phone. Obviously, we don't get together as much as we can, both with families. Um, but, yeah, 682 players. I'm guessing that that means I'm considered a suitcase or a journeyman would be <laughs> the best way to, to put that.
0: Do you, do you take pride in that? I Do you know Jay Moore? Uh, Jason Moore played a little bit in the NHL. He lived in Nashville for, uh, for a while. I think he still does. But I remember I was talking with Jay Moore one time, and he, uh, he was a defenseman, played the, the Minnesota North Stars briefly, the Rangers, so on. And um, he, he said to me, are you calling me a suitcase? Are you accusing me of being a suitcase? And like, <laughs> he, I don't think he took offense to it, but I'm just curious. What, is, what does that term mean to you? Um, I guess –
2: being a journeyman, um, I don't I don't know uh, of any of my stops who would claim me as their own. I don't know if I was there long enough, um, but I met a lot of great people. I said if I played with 682, I know way more than that. Meeting guys through guys, and that's the great part about the game is there's so many great people in it. Um, like I said, I, I I consider myself lucky to be able to meet 682 you know people playing professional hockey and being able to do that. And You think the small amount of people. Um, that get the opportunity to do that and do it for, you know, a relatively long period of time, I think, uh, you know, I feel very blessed uh, with everything I have and, oh, what I have and, you know, everything, you know, been able to move around and enjoy and see the world and do all that. I mean, that's what the game of hockey has brought me.
1: Lots I of mean, joy. You you have sort of a, a special, you have sort of a fairy tale, not career necessarily, but like, you're a, you're born in Chicago, but you grew up in Michigan, right? You go to, you play at Michigan and you go on to play at Michigan state with some unbelievable teammates, great teams. Uh, great, great coach. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Played in Like probably the original, And I want to talk about this a little bit later, but basically played in the original outdoor classic, right? Michigan, Michigan state in about 2001 or so at the big house. Uh, but just talk about your, Growing up in Michigan and, and and playing youth hockey and minor hockey, and then you know when did you realize, hey, I'm pretty good at this. I think I can go somewhere.
2: Well, like you said, I grew up in Chicago, so I moved, uh, played my first year of dynamite hockey um, in Chicago area, in Glenview actually. Um, my dad's side of the family is all from that area. My dad changed jobs and moved to Detroit. Okay, um, and played, you know, like the the typical triple a schedule of playing with little Caesars I played for Fraser Falcons which is now Bell tire around the area growing up how good did I know I was I don't know I mean I I played hockey in Detroit and you never really know there's there's the kids that you know are heads and shoulders above everybody and you know they're going places Um, I would say probably when I was in the 15 16 range I started to really get into you know trying to figure out what was next um OHL hockey around here is really big i didn't have i mean at that point they weren't recruiting like they do now for college sports in the very young ages so nobody talked to me until basically whatever was you know halfway through my junior year of high school that i was like oh okay colleges are interested i have other options um i really lucked out it was the very first year of the u.s national program in ann arbor i was drafted by the windsor spitfires um i was drafted by Danbury in the NHL or NAHL. Sorry. Um, I didn't know where I fit in. I didn't know what, where my trajectory was going. I got asked to play for that team, which was amazing. And like I said, it's, it was kind of a, a put together last minute thing. So it was, I wasn't sure who the guys were. I knew a couple of the guys from Michigan, but I made a lot of guys from all over the country here, made some great friendships there moving forward. And obviously some really high end players that, I had never played against. Um, And another thing, you know, you play for the U.S. We traveled across the world playing hockey as an 18-year-old. You can't complain about that. And uh, Michigan State called. I went went there for a visit. They were really the first team to talk to me. I got letters from other teams and made a couple other visits. But it was between there and uh, Colorado College for me, actually. And uh, graduating, excuse me, going through Rochester High School for three years and then Ann Arbor Pioneer my senior year, I think. The high schools were about three to four times as big as Colorado College was, <laughs> and uh, I went out there and just felt comfortable in the bigger, you know, bigger school, Big Ten, being comfortable living in Michigan. All that was a great fit. And then, obviously, with with uh, Ron Mason being there, and Tom Newton and Dave McCall, so it was a perfect fit for me and, and great players. And uh, one of the great things about my career is moving around is I somehow always find a place to go where the teams are good. Yeah. So it was always fun. Um, lots to learn from the older guys, and like I said, playing with a lot of great players that played a lot of NHL games, um, you can learn a lot. And basically, I was, you know, even from growing up, I was never the best player, but I could I could get around, be useful, and and for some reason, catch on enough places to uh, to make a career of it.
0: Charlie mentioned that outdoor game. Um, your memories of that.
2: Um. I remember it snowed during practice the day before and it was cold. And to think about a very cold day in October, how lucky we got um right. for that game. So that
1: hold on, that was in October.
2: Correct. Yes. I,
1: I don't re- that's the that's the strange thing, is that was such a novel thing back then. I don't and, and it was a long time ago. I don't remember I don't remember it being so early. They would never ever try that now, right? Everything it's always New Year's Day. So that's interesting that it was in October. Anyways, I apologize for interrupting.
2: No, I believe it was right around Halloween, and it was so windy and cold for the game. And But, I mean, crazy, amazing atmosphere to, to you know, fill a football stadium and be the first the first ones to be able to do it. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's an amazing experience. Now you see it all the time. And I said, crazy to even try to do an outdoor game in Michigan in October. Now it seems like it's almost, you know, end of, end of fall, kind of, you know, warmer weather is there. But it lucked out and it worked out. It worked out perfectly. Um, great game, tied it with the in the last minute. Jim Slater with a goal, and all great memories. And so, we, real quick,
0: uh, seventy four thousand five hundred forty four fans, and, and it was uh, Saturday, October sixth, two thousand. Wow,
2: even before, holy smokes! There he is,
0: October sixth, two thousand one. I mean, that's that's really early, but I, I can't imagine. It's one thing to play in front of twenty thousand in the NHL. Right. 75,000 people, that's a, that's a trip. Do you, you got to notice that, right? When you get out there, you got to notice all those people in the seats.
2: Oh, yeah. I feel like I said, it. Now I know you feel what it's uh, like to be a football player every Saturday in college football or right. in the NFL there. It's, it's crazy. I mean, how small the rink is and how far the fans would sit. Yeah. So you can hear the roars all the way around. You don't hear the individual yelling that you can kind of get. You know, in the smaller NHL uh, <laughs> rink setting, so I couldn't hear anyone say,
0: "Hey Hutchinson, Hutchinson you, you suck." suck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, then how would you know if, if that's the case? How would you know when to shoot? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. we were just hoping with all
2: with all the loud noise. I was like, "Should I shoot now? Should I shoot?" Yeah, now? right.
1: No one's telling me know. what's going on.
2: Yes, no, but uh, yeah, you don't have all that individual stuff and the banging on the glass and all that that you're used to. Um, but it was just a really crazy. And I said to get it to pull it
1: off October 6th, That's that's
2: wild.
0: It is crazy. Yeah, it is wild. Although they
1: had, I mean, they played the games out in L.A. Right uh, when it was seventy degrees, and uh, I mean that those. I don't know how much the the NCAA or whoever put the game on how much they spent on the ice. I mean the NHL, you know, spends a million bucks to put that to, to refrigerate it and everything like that. But uh, still, just a, a awesome,
0: crazy experience. After four years at Michigan State, um, when the, the whole process of turning pro, what was that like for you?
2: Uh, well, getting drafted, obviously, now you can get drafted right away before you go to school. We had to wait. So Nashville drafted me in the second round, um, two picks after the aforementioned Adam Hall. So we yeah, knew yeah. that, which was kind of crazy to be on the same team and pick that close to go to the same team in the NHL. Um, and I just kind of, you know, they, we had a little chat with your advisor. It was like junior year. It was like, Hey, you had a pretty good year. What are you thinking?
0: Doing, like, right. I, I don't want to go back to, to the draft real quick. What sure. were you there? What was that? What was that experience? Yeah, so it was in
2: Boston actually. And and I had played with enough guys from the U S program that were from the area that it was almost like a nice mini reunion after a year of everybody going sure. to college for a year. So um yeah, we all got to hang out in Boston for a couple of days. It was, a great experience i didn't know where i was going you know they kind of guesstimated second round so went out there with my family had a great time um get drafted very surreal experience like i said you know from being drafted at 19 you know going from when i was 15 not really sure where i was going to be playing or what the future was it's a quite a trip to go over that through that in just a couple of years um but like i said going to nashville milwaukee all that i had no expectations. I had no idea what
1: was going to happen. And I
2: was just very fortunate to be in a great organization to start out with.
1: So you, you, uh, uh, when did you meet? Let's talk about your relationship with Darren, who is obviously a very special player in admirals history. Uh, talk about when the first time you guys sort of, you, you played against each other in college, but where you, did you meet at, uh, uh, like rookie camp or development camp in, uh, in Nashville?
2: Yeah, that would have been exactly it. I, like I said, I played against him only that one game since he was at New Hampshire. Um, He came in with rookie camp that first year. I said, I had no expectations, no idea what was going on. I had played five games the year before with the admirals um, after we got eliminated uh, from the NCAA tournament. Um, So I kind of came back, you know, head spinning, trying to figure everything out as quickly as you can to throw you into the fire. Um, I kind of knew where I was going to be, or knew where I hoped to be. Um, and I said I met him, and I started out with him and Dan Hamius in Milwaukee, and kind of tried to tread water there at the beginning. It was uh, a much older, mature team, I would say.
1: And this, are you talking about the o203 season, or the? I'm talking about the o203 oh, that very first team. The, yes, your yeah. first, yeah. So not the extra games Firstly. you played at the end of the no, year. No, the five games
2: that I was there, I was just. Like I said, kicking with my head way. cut off, trying to figure everything out. I was only yeah. there for two weeks. Um, <laughs> right. They were going in. I played, like I said, I played the last five games of the year. Um, they had already been eliminated from the playoffs. So I was just trying to meet guys. Didn't know who was coming back. Guys don't, I mean, it's, it's pro hockey. So guys are like, I think I'm coming back. I don't have a contract next year. Right. Nice to meet you. Best of luck. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> that 0203
0: season season, like you said that's kind of that was the next phase and that turned out to be the most successful group in the history that four-year run from 02 to 06 is the most successful run in in Milwaukee Admirals history
2: yeah so we get uh we get their 0203 it was I said Dan uh Darren and I were the three rookies to start and I mean, those are the days of, you know, speak when you're spoken to, come to practice, yeah. show up on time. You know, you build up your credit and then uh, and go from there. And like I said, it was an older team. They were 8D. I I played, I think, a handful of games to start the year. And then I was down in Toledo for a month, month and a half, with, which ended up being great because I met Claude, who ended up being the coach the next year. And he really helped me. I played, you know, I was down there for a month and a half, two months on two separate occasions and played 10 games. And uh, I think that was kind of where he really believed in me at the pro level, which is, you know, something that's great, especially for a young guy like that um, coming in and, you know, not really fitting in in Milwaukee initially, but going down there and, and having tons of playing time and having his, you know, feedback. He's was very different than Peter Horacek where he loved to talk. That was, I mean, you know, Clark right? <laughs> wants to, he wants to talk to you all day, every day about everything ask your questions, do all that. And I thought that was really, um, really great and beneficial, you know, for my maturity process that first year. Then I came back much, much better player in two months and much more ready for uh, professional hockey, I guess, to get back to finish that season.
0: So questions like, how are you doing? How's the family? That type of stuff? Or was it, because I remember on a couple of occasions with Claude where he would ask a player, what hand does Jason Krog shoot? Things like yeah. that. Like, oh, it was wild. You know, just Inside stuff.
2: Yes, very from how you doing, how you feeling today, how, is, how was your game, how was right. your practice, to little right. intricate questions to see how detailed you are. You know, when you go out there, do you know who the good players are? What hand are they? You know, where you can force them and all that. And I think that's kind of, you know, an interesting take. Lots of coaches are not like that. Yeah. You know, you don't know where you stand all the time. I played for plenty of coaches like that. Um, it was just kind of quiet. And you're like, did I do something? Am I not doing enough? And I said, you're very insecure as a, as a rookie and a young player. You don't know
0: right. where you're so at. The first, time you, the first time he asked you, how was your game? Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, and I said, and you never want to say that you were playing too well, right? But <laughs> you don't, don't want to admit say, that you sucked. Yeah, and you don't want to say I, I just had a horrible game. You got to find that kind of that middle. And he'd always be like, "So, so rate your game out of out of three. Really good, two, or are you one." And I was like, eh, "Maybe like a two, two and a half, something like that." And he goes, "Oh, you think so?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, you think so? So, no, but that was great." I said, "He was he was really good and kind of." got me kick-started there that first year when I was trying to trying to find my way. Uh,
1: I just want to make a note about Adam Hall. Uh, again, we keep bringing him up. He After you and him played those few games in 01-02, there was a ton of turnover after that team. We missed the playoffs. And when you miss the playoffs, that's just what happens. And so it was between we're, we're putting together the pocket schedule that you know we print ha- half a million of those things, And okay, are we going to put Hutchison on it or Hall? They're both good prospects. They're both going to be here next year. And we talked to Nashville, and we said, okay, we're going to go with we're going to go with Adam Hall. Well, Adam Hall plays one game, gets called up, and never comes back. So he's on all these pocket schedules (laughs) for us, and never and and played one game his second the the second year. But going (coughs) going back to that O two O three team, uh, when you said you you know you talked about how, how much you improved in Toledo. That uh, uh, that time, and then came back. Do you remember who you played with? Uh, who your D partner was when you came back? And because uh, you had, you still played sixty three games that year. You had yeah. a good had a good season. Uh, I think what you had about twenty six points. Uh, do you remember who your D partner was? I played
2: with uh, Thomas Kluchek for a lot of the year. He got traded from the Rangers yeah. just after I had gotten back, and. Yeah. He played a very different game than I did. Okay. He, It was kind of funny. He was always like, Hutch, you go get the puck. I don't, I don't want to get the puck. <laughs> <laughs> you go, I don't care what corner it is. I'll hold somebody up. You go get it. And, and that's how this is going to work. And I was, you know, as a young guy, I said, okay, that's perfect with me. And he was out there and he was very physical.
1: Right. And he's an NHL very. player, right? Like he's oh, an yeah. NHL, right? He's a a, a a tweener sort of what we would call
2: Yes, that. correct. Yes. But he was very physical. And I said it it worked out well and it was funny. And I guess it's to this day, um, I, I feel like, uh, it, if you tell me what you want, I can do it. And he did. And I said, all right, I'll go get the puck and move it. I'll hold guys up. And and it worked out. Uh, and it worked out well that, uh, that first year, but it's nice to have a guy like that. He's very reliable, physical handle, all that stuff, um, that I was not known for. We'll say. <laughs> well,
0: and, and you make it sound like, I mean, like he, I don't know how great it, that that's good communication right there. Right. I mean, just right there, he tells you what, what he expects and what you should expect. And you kind of know, is that, does that communication carry over into everything else then? I
2: think so. I mean, just like I said, for me as a young guy, I'm not going to say anything, you know, right? right. <laughs> you want to be, you're my roommate on the road. The TV goes off when you want it off, it goes back on we get up when you want to get up. We go to breakfast when you want to go to breakfast. Um, so it was, like I said, uh, for him to come in and like i said an essentially an established kind of in between ahl nhl player he was like this is this is what i want you to do and i said all right i'm not going to say no to him anyways so
0: <laughs> does that wear off after your first year then did Pardon? the the the, uh, the acquiescing so to speak of of what you want to do or how you communicate or whatever does that once you get into your second full season is that gone I don't know if it's
2: gone technically because I played with Ray Schultz that second year Sure. right? And you know he's the captain and the old guy and the vet. And like I said, started- I, I want to consider myself coachable to the point where if you tell me what you want and how you want it, how you want it done, um, I can I can kind of fill in and take care of that. And he was the same big physical defensive guy that that uh, Thomas was for my first year, so it was a good fit.
1: Bray was a little, he's, he could be intimidating too, right? Didn't, didn't talk a ton and uh, he wasn't afraid to, you know, uh, Matthew Darsh's or no, uh, who was telling us the story uh, uh, recently about sitting in the locker room a, before a game in 0304 and Schultz, Schultz just looks over at someone and says, hey, you ever going to score again? And it was, it was like made in jest, but it was, there was a, there was a tinge of seriousness to it too. Like, you know, you got to pick up your game here. You got to get things going. And, uh, and maybe that's what made him a good captain. I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it just, it just hits a little different instead of the white noise of always, you know, being loud and, rah, 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 guy, rah, yeah. and all that. I mean, that's great, but the seasons are so long in pro hockey. It's, it's tough to get up like that, you know, 82 games a year um, during the regular season when it's dragging in January and February. And, you know, it's the third game in four nights on a Sunday afternoon, um, wow. I think, but obviously the playoffs pick it up drastically like they do in the NHL as well. But to have a guy like that, when he did speak, it was very much, you know, heard and listened, and, yeah. And listened to. Yeah. the
0: That 0 3 o three o four 4 season then, obviously it was special. We'll get to how it ends, but, you also make your NHL debut that year. Tell us Yeah, that you. was
2: amazing to, I mean, like I said, going from a year where I couldn't figure out what to do for the first little bit, go down to Toledo to find my game and come back. I was, you know, excited to be back and be like, all right, this is you know, establish myself at the with the admirals here and have a good year and, and go up and essentially be there for about half of the year. I didn't play that many games. I was, you know, scratched a lot, which is which happened throughout a lot of my career, but being around the NHL and seeing that and being a little more comfortable was, was, was
1: excellent. talk about your, about making your debut when you got, did you have a, and, and maybe when did you get uh sort of catch the eye of the Nashville brass, or maybe you didn't know that. Did you have a great training camp? Uh, and then when you get called up, tell us how you found out who told you. And then uh, your first game about uh, the, you know, your, your, did your parents go? Was it, where was it? All that good stuff. Uh, The first
2: game was at home in Nashville. I found out the day before. So we played Houston that night and then Claude called me in the office and said, Hey, you're going to go up and play in Nashville tomorrow. So that's the, the uh, I had no idea anything going on. I had a great training camp. I made it all the way to the end. I actually had a concussion. I got hit with a puck right above my eye um, and missed the last week and started out in Milwaukee. Um, So I knew I was maybe one of the guys, but, You don't think about that. I mean, there was no sniff in the NHL my first year. I had no expectations of being called up right away. I just really wanted to make sure that I was going to be a good player for Milwaukee and be able to stay there and not have the same issues that I had in the previous year. So getting called up there, I I played in Columbus. I couldn't tell you one of my shifts. I played with Wade Brookbank in my first game. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. And he was like, hey, I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. Um, I just essentially said, try not to puke all over yourself out here in your first game. And (laughs) I played, we flew, we flew that, um, the night after to Chicago and that was my second game. So I had my whole, my family, my, you know, my, my mom, dad, sister, and then I had my dad's side of the family at the game as well, which was really special. And that was back in the United center, which was probably about 3000 fans, I right. um, was going for for to say the Blackhawks were not the
0: draw, yeah.
2: No, I think they all sat like the first row behind the bench, so if it, I couldn't be any more embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go there was go 3, 000, Andrew, right? It was my family, 10 people right behind the bench, about two rows <laughs> up, and I'm like, you could have picked anywhere else in the building. So. <laughs> oh, so,
1: that's funny. That's good. Yeah,
2: I played those first <laughs> two games, and I, I think that was it. My first two, and then I got sent back to, I think I got called up and sent down about six times that year so I had, yeah. I, I worked on my frequent flyer miles yeah. I mean,
0: any, anybody would love to get drafted there's obviously but was that kind of it's it, at that point they're like in there in year five year five year six when you get your, your re, is was it was it great to be there because they were still kind of looking for a team sort of they were looking right. for people to stick around for a while it wasn't the expansion guys right they were trying to establish something
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, the team, that was the first year they made the playoffs. Um, So the team is beginning to get an identity. Right. Um, Like you said, it's, you go through those first few years of the expansion, you don't know who's going to be there. I mean, the guys in Milwaukee didn't know they were going to be there. I said, when I played those five games, they were like, who knows if any of us are going to be back. Right. We don't know where we're going to be at. It was great to meet you. It was a great two weeks, but you know, best of luck on your career. There was no, there was no, Hey, give me a call this summer and uh, we can chat about next year. Um, and I think it was probably the same way, you know, for that limited amount of time that I was there was the first time that I think the guys that had played well in the group that really gelled together, you know, knew they were going to be there and they had something to build off of.
1: The uh, Let's let's talk a little bit about more of the about the Admirals team in 03-04. Uh, certainly the, the best team and, you know, uh, the best results in Admirals history. Uh, and w- when did you know, as a player out there that, that we're really good, right? Everyone thinks they're good at the beginning of the year. Like Mike Tyson says, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. So when did you guys, when did you realize that this is a good team? Because it, it took a little bit of time. Yeah, we're good, but it took a little bit of time to sort of for everything to click.
2: Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't like you went out and won the first 10 games of the year and we were, you know, bullying everybody out of the rank. Um, It was a great mix of, Older guys, younger guys, rookies all the way down the line, I think. Um, everybody got along. It was, I mean, to this day, you could probably call anybody that played on that team and they would answer and be able to go over old stories from the old days and and chat about that, which which was great. Um, you don't always get that. I think with some of the other teams you play on, everybody's trying to move up. That's it. They're not worried about, are we going to win this game? How are we going to do it? Um, the group that we had was, like I said, strong. Um offensively, defensively, and I think we finished, what, second behind Chicago that year? So we were no. good. If we were finished first. We were ahead of them. We were ahead of oh, Chicago. Oh, did. Okay, so that was but the didn't... first time that they finished ahead of Chicago. Yeah. Which was the big deal for the regular season. Okay, to get the deal. Yeah. Um, So, like I said, how good? I, I don't know. I think we kind of really – the last – I got sent down at the trade deadline that year. They picked up, uh, picked up a D, so that pushed me out, and then we really kind of gelled there that last little bit after the trade deadline and going into playoffs, but it was still, you know, the Admirals hadn't really made the playoffs and gone that far. There was a lot of questions of, is this team really that good? Is it a regular season team? Do the guys want to hang around? Do they want to go home for the summer? Do they want to get ready right. for next year? And I think that really kind of creeps in. Obviously, at the NHL level, everybody's there, it's all for one, one for all. And you get to some of those teams that you're not sure if everybody wants to be there. Everybody's right. looking out for themselves. They want to look good. They want to get called up. They're trying to build a resume.
1: And the world world championships is going on, especially for European players. It's a it's a, it's a big draw to go play for your oh, uh, for your for your country.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So everybody's got their own little agenda. I think we we gelled and came along. And like I said, we had a great great group of uh, veteran players and mixed with the younger guys. And uh, I said, it was, it was Rocky. That first series was Cincinnati, which it always seems to be. And then it yeah. kind of came together after that. And it was, I don't want to say smooth sailing, but everything just kind of seemed to work out there all the way through the rest of the playoffs. Um, obviously with guys, it's, it helps when you have guys that can score like crazy. And we had that and we could defend and we had goaltending. I mean, it was really uh I don't, I don't want to say you know a lightning in a bottle a year kind of thing after the way it was, but it just it just came together and worked
0: out. That, those series went and you pointed out it was rocky in the first seven games, six games, five games, four games to, to win the championship and um, the you lose the first game in overtime to Cincinnati, but then win six straight. So I mean you talk about lightning in a six, bottle and whatever. I mean six yeah. straight overtime games six straight overtime games. Is, yeah. is, is, is amazing. Like that doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, because it just, it just seemed to click and gel. And I said, as the playoffs went, you just have that confidence that, you know, no matter where you're at in the game, where you're at, you know, there was always that ability that we could come back. Yeah. You know, we were never out of a game. And back then, I mean, shoot, you think, oh, what was that? Oh, three, oh, four. I mean, games that would get up to nothing, nobody was coming back. It's not like today's NHL. Right. Right. Teams are down three and it's like, all right, we're going to make a run and we're going to have our three goals. Yeah, you're, you're, you know, batter, batting down the hatches there. We're up to nothing. We can win this game. All we have to do is, you know, keep it out of our end. And we're, we're set. was, you know, sit on those games, um, two, three goal leads. We're, you know, you're not coming back on that.
1: A guy, I just want to ask you about a few players that you played with uh, over the years in Milwaukee, uh, a guy who's got a very opposite personality to you uh, on the ice and probably even off it, Simone Gamash, right? This guy's going all all the time, never, uh, never stops talking. What was, uh, and just to pull, put things, pull things to, together, traded for Thomas Klochek uh, the next year. He, we get him and Kirill Safranov, uh, from Chicago and Klochek and Ben Simon go to, uh, to the wolves. And, incidentally, Klochek never played for the wolves, just played for the thrashers, but talk about what it was like uh, playing with Simon and on and just on and off the ice. Uh, just a, a, uh, all energy all the time. That
2: is a great way to describe it. Um, he was always moving. Like I said, you, you couldn't get him to settle down no matter where you were. If it was on the ice, in the locker room, on the bus, everybody's tired after a game. We're like, you just got to <laughs> <somebody laughs> to go back there and just grab him and sit him down and tape him to the chair or whatever it was. But <laughs> he was a great player. And I said um, that one of the guys that could really score. And I said, it's, when he was on the ice, he was always a threat. Um, it's an interesting personality. Yes. But I mean, you need that. I mean, you can't have, you know, all the same, same guys sitting around saying the same things, doing different things. He was always ready to go. He was a little more vocal in the locker room. Like I said, with Ray he was a little quiet. He'd come on, come on guys, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, but I said, we, all, we, we all gelled well. Um, we had those, you need those different quirky personalities sometime to get you through the year. I said, those, those low times and the <clears throat> energy wise, whether it's in January or February and the season's dragging on, you need that guy that's gonna push everybody. And he wanted I mean, I have never played with a guy that wanted to score more in my life, I don't think. Anytime he got the puck, he, he, he
1: was going he, and he taking
2: actually, it to the
1: net, whatever he could do. He he told us that when when we would get up big in games, especially early in his career, he would start slacking on purpose playing defense because he knew if we were winning by too much, he was going to sit on the bench because the fourth line is going to play more. So he would purposely play poorly on defense so he could get back on the ice so he could (laughs) score more. That's the type of guy that this, that's just (laughs) what his mindset out there was just all the time. I I want to say the
2: game for the final was, Six one or seven one, seven,
1: seven two. Yeah, he was
2: still trying to get ice time in game four when everybody had their hats on and it was done with three <laughs> minutes left, so he could get another goal.
1: That, that was the kind of personality
2: that he had and the way he played.
1: Yeah, and and you would know this too. You were an all star with him the next year. We go into the all star game. It's the end. of We'll get to this whole season in a, a bit, but the all star game. It's all it's the NHL lockout, so it's a lot of the star players, the Jason Spetzes of the world, right and players aren't really putting forth a great effort and, and Simon comes in and he's pissed off, right? He wants the 500 bucks that you get for winning. And he's (laughs) saying, Hey guys, what the hell? Let's go.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I said, there, there were no days off. It wasn't no matter if it was practice game, whatever he wanted to score. And he wanted to win. And that was just his personality.
1: I what's going through your head when we are about to win the Stan- uh, the Stanley cup, we'll ask you about that too. What's going through your head when you were about to win the Calder cup? You, we know it. We're, we're up big 10 minutes to go in the third. I mean, even before then, you know, it's going to happen. So what's, what's going through your, what's going through your head that whole time?
2: You're just trying to really enjoy it with everybody. That's been a part of it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a long year. You put in all that effort, you know, starting from training camp all the way through to get there. And it's, a real special feeling because it's just the closeness you get out of that. Like I said, you can remember all the guys that you played with. It's not one of those seasons you just, you know, you come through and you're like, eh, I made a couple friends and this, it was great and all. I mean, it's just so amazing. And I and you know, a handful of the the wives and girlfriends drove out to the final right. game just to be sure it was a great atmosphere team-wise. And everybody, like I said, everybody's got along so well that it just, you know, it's one of those storybook years that. You, you don't plan on it at the beginning. You don't know how it's going to work out, but by the time we get to to that, you're really just trying to soak it all in and enjoy it. And like I said, it's something I, I don't know who would have thought maybe Curtis Murphy since he won the year before right. that had ever been that far to do anything like that. Um, I think, well, Creole probably with, uh, with Chicago. But, you know, it's one of those things that you get to enjoy and, and be a part of with a group and you're just so appreciative and, you know, it's not it's something that you hope for at the beginning of the year but you don't expect it to ever happen.
0: We we like to ask people from that who played in that series against Wilkes-Barre um Michelle Terrien got hot. <laughs> and what do you remember about was that game 2 Charlie? Game 2 where
1: he freaked out on Claude for calling the timeout up, you know, 6-2 with uh, 10 minutes to go in the game or whatever it was.
2: Yeah, that's uh I mean shoot, you go down their roster there's it's crazy how many great young up and coming players that team had. So not playing them other than having, you know, him as a coach and it gets hot. And I remember, you know, game two was very heated. It was, you know, I want to say a blowout at six, two, but one of those games where you knew, you knew the the outcome before the third period started, you know, so there's a couple of fights and it gets rough and all that. And coaches are yelling at each other and, Obviously back in the in the Bradley Center there, you could pretty much hear anything anyone said. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure that I'm sure the families there and the kids had to uh to to cover their ears um, while that was going on. Um but yeah, like I said, to to win, to win, yes, to win in four games is great. Obviously there was it was very less stressful, but there were so many great, great players on that Wilkes player team. Um still, I mean shoot playing today that you know being able to say that we won is is, is quite an accomplishment.
0: How tough is it to win a championship in the American hockey, the aftermath of winning a championship in the American hockey league, because it's once it happens, it's pretty much done. Everybody's got to get out of their apartment. Everybody's moving back home. Half the team is likely not going to be back next season. You may never see these guys again. It's a, it's a different thing to win at this level than it is pretty much any other level.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I think, honestly within three days everybody was gone yeah we came back we had uh, we had our night in Wilkes we flew out the next day we got uh, we got home we had a you know a nice ceremony at the Bradley Center with the fans and I mean <clears throat> not everyone but a lot of us are uh, you know scratching pennies together by the end of the year because you're not getting paid through the playoffs and you don't want to pay your rent so you're like do we think we're going to make it through the series? Should I, uh, should we just get moving to a hotel here? So we're ready to go when the season's done. I mean, there's lots of different factors, like you said, with the AHL, it's different than the NHL where those guys, you know, they're living in the cities and they have their families and they can do all that. I think I want to say three days, everybody was pretty much packed up and, you know, we had a little party at the, at the apartment and it was, uh, we'll see you next year. You know, not to the dampers or anything, but that's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, talk a little bit about, uh, Darren and your relationship with him on the ice and off the ice, how you guys got to be, you know, such, you know, good, such good friends, uh, because there's, like you say, there's so there's different personalities and everyone gets along, especially on the really good teams, but not, you can't be, you can't get super close to everybody. Right. So talk about your relationship with Darren
2: that just worked out really well. I mean, he's such a great guy and he was, you know, such an amazing player there for so long. Um, we still talk to this day and the families when he's driving through Toronto to Chicago to uh, visit his wife's family, you know, they stop here for the night. We go there and try to visit as much as we can um, when he's uh, got his charity golf event. Um, it was just, like I said, kind of lucked out. We were like, Hey, do you want to be roommates? Sure. Let's, let's see if this works. Right. And you know, he's a real, you're a real mild, cool, chill personality, which I'm, I am. I think I like to say, at least like to think easy enough to live with, um, with the ups and downs. And you just don't know, because like I said, it's uh, when you get to this, you know, the pro level, it's, you know, you're all working to get to the same place. Right. I think, you know, fortunately he was a forward and I was a D so we were not competing, you know, on a day-to-day basis for the same spot, which it, you know, could help or not. That's all in the way you look at it. But, you know, to this day, I think it was, such a great fit. And, you know, like, like I said, we, our, our personalities just gelled right away and it worked out perfect. There can be a lot of bad experiences. And I just, you know, like I said, other than you know, being drafted by Nashville, the organization is great. And, and the players I had my first couple of years to get me going, including him as a roommate, was, was you know, helped me astronomically
0: in the in the interest of saving time I want to jump ahead because after that 0405 season which was perhaps at least regular season wise better than the 0304 team from Milwaukee um, then around draft time you get dealt to Carolina so it's the tra- you got to deal with the transaction but boy oh boy what a fortuitous bounce there to end up in Carolina and win a Stanley Cup
2: Yeah that was one where uh, it was You know, I didn't want to leave. Nashville didn't want to give me up. It was more of a contract with the new CBA after that year, um, where I was kind of forced to be moved. I was actually on the golf course, and I got a call um, letting me know that I was traded. So I was a little in shock because I had no idea I'd plan on coming back to next year, and um, I was ready to, you know, continue my career with Nashville. Uh, A fortuitous bounce, I guess, is more or way less than what ended up happening. But I go there. Um, hoping to get some ice time and being able to play, and Carolina was like, "Hey, we're looking for we're two D, you know." And it was basically coming in was me and Mike Commodore, and we both ended up making the team. Um, and then just a crazy fairy tale season, you know, being picked 15th in the East, I think, <laughs> right. the beginning of the year, to you know finishing second to Ottawa, uh, you know, going into playoffs, and then we all know what happened after that. Um, and it was another, like I said, be- between Nashville and there, it was a very family friendly. You know, very veteran team. I didn't have to do much. I, you know, could be told what to do, and fill in the best I can when I can do it. um, Which worked out, which worked out very well. But you know, to step into that and have a you know fairy tale ending is is crazy. You know, you know, basically two of my first four seasons um, to be able to have that happen was was crazy. What still mind blowing to this day.
0: Is your maybe the worst thing that happened? I shouldn't say the worst thing, but the the bad bounce, the bad hop is that the Stanley cup gets delayed in Iowa and route to you. And you had yes. plans for this and you had plans for the Stanley cup. I had my plans all set up
2: and I think um, the people that I had to call thought I was a liar, that it was actually going to show up I um, <laughs> felt bad about it. But no, we had a few things that are, my son had just been born. So he was going to be baptized. We had all this. Oh my gosh. Planned for yeah. So, I think, uh, I think the uh, the priest was the first guy that I let down when the Stanley Cup didn't show up because he was all fired <laughs> up, shit, which you never want to do. Uh, yeah, right. And a couple the people restaurants and activities. I think it showed up at about nine and, o'clock. And I just remember seeing all the sad faces on the kids where their parents are like, we got to go home. We got to get you to bed. And I'm like, it's going to show up. I swear, just wait 30 yeah. minutes, 30 <laughs> minutes long. So it only ended up being a few hours, but it was great. And I, it's like I said, something that I'll never forget. It was a great group um, to be a part of. Like I said, I didn't know where I was going to fit in. I don't think a lot of guys knew where they were going to fit in. I said being picked 15th, it was a redone a redone roster at the beginning of the year, um, but so many great memories. And like I said, to be able to do that two out of my first four years is is still crazy to me.
1: So are you, uh, as uh, you know, you played, like we've talked about, you played for a lot of teams, but when you watch the playoffs now and you see the success that Carolina is having, especially with their coach, the guy, a guy you played with, with Rod Brindamore, do you do you cheer for the uh, the Canes then, uh, or is it just like, oh well, whatever happens, sorta happens?
2: Oh sure, I root for anybody that I played with. Honestly, I said I root for all 682
1: bands. if they're still playing. Um, you should be no a PR. Where, you no, should have my
2: job. <laughs> yeah, no matter uh, no matter where it is. Um, like I said, you build those friendships, and especially in Carolina, I was there. I said for my journeyman, my journeyman career after I was in Milwaukee, Nashville. That was the longest place I stayed was Carolina for two years. Yeah. Um, so you make those friendships, and you root and. He's done such a great job, and I mean, playoff hockey is just so amazing to watch. I do watch the regular season um, from time to time, but you get into these playoff games, and and to see him and how much success that he's been able to bring. Sure, I root for him. I mean, there's, like I said, there's a lot of guys that I played with, not as many playing as there used to be, Um, but when it gets there, there's you know a handful of guys that uh, I guess the veterans now. that you really root for, and you look for you know regular season success, sure. But when it gets into the playoffs, you want them to you want them to advance and get as far as they can, and, and hopefully
0: win. We got we're short on time here, so let's let's start to wrap it up. What, tell fans what you're doing now.
2: Uh, well, I've been done. This is my sixth year, I believe, um, and going from hockey to the real world um, was a bit of an adjustment, to say the least. Uh I think it happens with a lot of guys, you know, it's a, a, a real rare group that, you know, finishes playing hockey and they're retired and they go out and, and play golf done. all day.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, that's such a small niche group. Ever and I think with a lot of hockey guys, you're just used to the schedule.
1: Yeah.
2: You're used to doing something, you're the used rhythms. to being active, yeah. you're used to traveling and doing different things. And I was really lucky um catching on because it, like I said when you move into the real world, everybody thinks that. You know, you playing hockey as a professional is, is really cool, but right. they'd rather go with a guy with 10 years of work experience.
1: Right, so right. So I yeah. found
2: that out initially and I was like, oh shoot, where am I going to fit in here? I almost felt like, you know, being a rookie again, I'm like, this is a whole new world. Right. I got to find a place to get in. And I was lucky enough to uh, be doing medical device sales for the last six years and um, I kind of got it through friendships of guys that I played with here at Michigan state, that still live around um, the area. They do the same or similar stuff. So when a position opened, you know, it's, it's a friend of a friend, really for a lot of guys, cause we have no work experience coming out. We've never right. done the normal grind of a normal job. Um, although it was very cool, like I said, to play professional hockey, most people are like, sorry, you know, you need three years, five years experience to do anything. Um, So getting my professional career after hockey started um in the medical device and it's you know it's definitely different i'm adjusted to it now i I, of course miss everything about the game being in the locker room you know yucking it up with the guys before practice practice coming back having that normal schedule i mean you can't beat that i i still do skate on wednesday nights Uh, here in Michigan with the guys and, you know, it's, we get off the ice at 11 o'clock and we sit and tell stories for an hour about our playing days, (laughs) you (laughs) know, rehash the old, the glory days of, uh, you know, we don't feel the same when we get off the ice, but uh, you know, you have a couple beverages and tell stories and it, you know, makes you feel a little, brings back the memories and gets you to feel a little bit normal from, uh, from your playing days, which is great. Uh, Great mix up throughout the week. Um, But yeah, I've been doing that. It's been great. I was very lucky to get the job. Um, and like I said, it's, it's, uh, been a whirlwind, when he called me at first and we're like, Hey, let's go back to like 2002. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what can I I'm remember? Like, you're going to have, you're going to have to fill me in. Cause I don't know if I can remember back that far. <laughs> um, you did well, you did great. And, uh, no, it was great. And, uh, like I said, we are getting, uh, short on time, I think, as you said, but, uh, I appreciate you having on fun telling all these old stories.
0: Real quick, uh, before we do let you go, we always like to finish asking guys, when you think of Milwaukee, what do you think of?
2: The Brew City, I guess. We got, uh, I think, of Wilson Park going to practice, driving in my equipment. <laughs> the Bradley Center for Games. Um, the Blatts, we lived there across the street. It was really where we all kind of, I mean, not everyone, but, you know, I just kind of grew up hockey-wise. I and mean, That was where, you know, the formative years of, of learning the game and um, – the enjoyment of being able to play professional hockey and i think that that was another you know really important thing you know with peter but especially with claude that he said he's like you're playing pro hockey there are no bad days you know come in work hard do your job you're here for an hour and a half you have plenty of time to do whatever else you want to do um and like i said of this, you know, this was the beginning of my six hundred and eighty-two new friendships that I got. <laughs> <every> <laughs> this, right? And then I'll then never some. forget that number, now, Charlie. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was, like I said, you, you learn the game, you learn the pro the pro lifestyle, and I just feel, you know, like I said, really, uh, really blessed that I got to do it in Milwaukee. It's such a great city and and uh, and hockey town.
0: Thanks for doing this, Andrew. Great to talk to you. Continued success and all the best to you and your family.
2: I appreciate it. Charlie, Aaron, thanks for having me on. This was great. Great to
0: see you. Andrew Hutchinson, thanks for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast.